You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. On this episode of the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast, we welcome author Mallory Smart. Her book, The Only Living Girl in Chicago, was released last summer on Trident Press. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. <laughs> Mallory, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we had some technical issues. I don't know. The, the powers that be did not want us talking, apparently. But we, we, we fixed it. We're here. We're here with Mallory Smart. Um, and I, I really, the main thing I wanted to talk about, your, uh, your book it came out last summer, I believe, The Only Living Girl in Chicago. Um, but I should mention that you um, are editor-in-chief of uh, publishing, publishing House, Maudlin House, which is where I first heard of you. Um, and then mm-hmm. you also you also have the podcast Textual Healing. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for uh, your patience and for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for your patience too. We'll never know which one of us messed it up or not. <laughs> I think it was a, a third party, so we won't we won't blame either it's of us. It's just like blame Mark Zuckerberg, even though I can he do, has nothing to do with this. I could. Uh, I'm comfortable with that. I like. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah, blame uh, the metaverse. There you go. <laughs> so um, the book, like I, you know, I, I've read um, some of the stuff on your on your publishing house, and then it just kind of occurred to me I should check out her book. Her book, and I ended up really. I figured I would like it, but I really, really dug it, um, and it just like exactly the kind of book for me. I just absolutely devoured it. So um, let's talk about that first. I mean. I I don't want to make any assumptions, but it sound, it did sound very like autobiographical. So, um, you know, go into it as much or as little as you'd like. But I would just like to hear about the kind of the concept for uh, the book and how maybe how long it took you to put together um, just the whole process of it. Well, that's actually one of my favorite parts is that a lot of people believe it's autofiction. Mm. <laughs> um, believe me, I am not half as cool as the character. <laughs> in the book (laughs) i mean of course authors draw from real life but the idea that a writer can't have a crazy imagination is kind of wild but Mm -hmm. believe me i can honestly say i've never had stuff happen to me like that like on the road trip or the drug (laughs) aspects Mm -hmm. yeah i'm also not like a flaky person in relationships but no i think it just kind of came from just my experiences when i was actually living in the city about three years ago and I had a bunch of friends who had experiences that were more like this. And I was also journaling a lot. So that's where you get some of the more uh, shorter chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like to name some like going nowhere. And I, my favorite is seriously mood Ted, Ted Bundy to defending him. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> like it seriously came from like weird tweets and ideas like that. But mm. the book itself, that's actually really interesting because I think I started writing it in 2018, but it wasn't actually with the intention of writing a book. It was just short stories. I was actually doing them where I was sending it out on Tiny Letter. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm. No. Yeah, it's kind of like it. I think it's owned by MailChimp and people could subscribe to your writing. Mm. So I would actually send a lot of like quick bursts of stories through that. And the quick burst came from uh, an app called the most dangerous writing app, which Mm. I think I mentioned a few times on my podcast and to other people. Yeah. It's very anxiety inducing for a lot of other writers, but I like the rush Uh is that it gives you a timer and if you stop writing even for like a second, it deletes everything yeah. that you wrote. <laughs> no, I've used it. It terrifies me. I stopped using it. <laughs> but so many of the ideas came from that. So I would say 2018 is when I started like kind of getting a lot of the ideas out. And I didn't really think to put it into novel form until the pandemic. So that's basically when I really like took all these snippets that I had and threw them together and somehow it just kind of became a novel 
originally I wasn't even sure if it was supposed to be a novel or a short story collection that was almost like mm-hmm. broken up in an unchronical, uh, non-chronical, yeah, fuck the word. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> in a kind of Tarantino way where it's just like, mm. it's not going in the right chronological. See, got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But that was originally what it was. And I wasn't even sure if it was like, I don't know. I wrote the prologue to it. It's on Tiny Letter. If anyone ever wants to subscribe to that, it was taken out of the book because uh, the publisher felt like it wasn't really necessary but I didn't even see it as short stories, but just kind of like random things that were happening to this main character and people around her. So that's awesome. I mean, uh, I was rereading it to prepare uh-huh. for this. And uh-huh. seriously, I just like had to look over everything because I was just like, oh, damn it. He's going to ask me what this like book is about. <laughs> No, I don't want to put, I don't like to put people on the spot. I just kind of like to have, you know, I like to just, you know, have an organic conversation and not like try to find too much meaning in, <laughs> in, in the, in the little things like that. I'm not trying to interrogate. Um, yeah, but I, I did. Yeah, I loved it. It was just, you know, such a cool book. And um, that is kind of su- surprising to me that it is. I mean, I think a lot, I talked to a lot of writers and a lot of them say they have really, you know, boring fucking lives and and you know it, it goes out it goes on the page um and you know whatever but i think that's that's kind of common among uh, a lot of folks uh, so but it is like it's such a fascinating ring it felt so real it felt like this felt like a um it was modified from you know a journal and like personal experiences so that is like that's a huge you know that's a huge win in my opinion where, you know, it's very, it's real. The characters are real. Everything, uh, the, the reader, um, goes through the, the story and, and the, the happenings. And it's just, a you know, I was just in it the whole time. So yeah. Thank you for writing such a cool book. Thank you for actually reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I want to talk about, we can talk more about it, but I, I did want to, uh, so the book is out on Trident press. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, so you run, Maudlin House, and yeah. I I would just like to you know ask you a bit about like because I mean I didn't do a ton of research I apologize but Maudlin House, um, you know I first I first heard about it when we uh, got Duncan Birmingham on on the podcast which you know loved his book as well but uh, so when did Maudlin House become a thing and and I'm just kind of curious about the ins and outs of like running a small press like this like is it is it all you or do you you know i don't know just talk to me about it okay so it didn't start off as a press it started off more as like a literary magazine i saw a lot of them popping up and i can't tell you if it was 2013 or 2014 but it's been around since then and it kind of started as are you familiar with uh no contact magazine mm-hmm. No. Okay. Um, I'm not going to try and like name a shit ton of other ones. <laughs> but we, we actually only published uh, monthly. Mm-hmm. We didn't do um, constantly every day. Now we do it every single day where we do like one or two stories. We do reviews. We do interviews. And I don't think we even came to like the idea that we would actually publish books until Nadia Hasib. She approached us because we had published a lot of her short stories. And she was just like, you guys are really great at what you do. And I think you guys should do chat books. And from there, it slowly evolved into actually doing like larger novels and short story collections and poetry collections. So I think our first novel was Good Grief by Nick Gregorio. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's just been a very experimental process. Um, it isn't just me. Um, my fiance is very helpful when it comes to the business part. And we actually do have a lot of editors come and go, obviously, because they're volunteers and everything. But I will say throughout the years, I think we've had like 20 editors. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So, you know, it's cool that a lot of people like to kind of like 
taste test us and definitely they stick around for maybe a couple months and then we just mm-hmm. kind of like pivot to someone else who really knows our vibe which is very very fluid very abstract so honestly that's just how it goes i mean we get a lot of submissions when it comes to books but mm-hmm. i could i can't read every single one of sure. them yeah of course yeah yeah no yeah no one no one does i mean when they <laughs> from the folks i've talked to uh, so that so you're in Chicago, right? Yeah. Right now, okay. So are you are you from there originally? Yeah, I wouldn't be the only living girl here if I wasn't. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and I think like I, I did want to talk about because it, it made me think uh, a lot about my own experience with like I, I loved how much of a theme it was just talking about like like where you're from and, you know, like early in the book, I th- there was something mentioned that, you know, Zoe um, like made some joke about, I think it was Nebraska or something. And it, it like pissed off a kid and he, who was from there and he left. So, and then she's like, Oh, you can't even, you know, I guess that's one more thing to add to the list of things you can't talk about or where <laughs> people are from. So I just like cracked up because um, I think that's such like w- what state we're from is such a, like a, you know, whether it's a defining like point in our lives or not, I mean, I guess it is, but I, I just have had the experience personally of, um, so I live in Utah, Salt Lake city, and I, I've moved around a bit, Los Angeles and, and Boston. And there is like definitely, a you know, a stereotype, which, you know, part of it is true, but there, you know, just like any place, there's so much more. So it is kind of like, it can be a very touchy, Thing. It's like I I make fun of where I'm from all the time, but when someone else does it, if I don't know them, if they know them, it's great. But like if I don't know them, you kind of get like pissed off, and you know it's a, it's a it's a weird thing. And I think um, I'm a high school teacher, and I have a I have an exchange student right now from Spain, and we've you know they they sent her here just kind of like that was the place she she ended up. She had no choice in it, uh, and, and she loves it. But there's just you know, there's, and I would imagine like any country, but there's this so, like the United States, there's just so many different um, realities as you, you know, you go through. And that's what, I mean, I love the the, the road trip as well. So uh, I guess I don't have a question here. I'm just kind of, it, it just, it really resonated me with me. Um, just like the, you know, the pride of where someone's one is from. And then like, how the how the characters in San Francisco and just like the uh, Oakland, like the idea of um, of that region is very specific, and then like the reality of it, you know, is maybe oh, definitely. different. Yeah, I mean, here in Chicago, and I even get a lot of like people who text me, like I will say, Duncan Birmingham. He actually mm-hmm. messaged me. He's uh-huh. like, "Oh, has the river been dyed green yet today?" And <laughs> just fun nice. touristy stuff, but yeah. When people like immediately are like comparing cities, we still see mm. ourselves as the second city, not LA. We, right. we shit on LA all the time. <laughs> we always talk shit about New York. We're like, we're cleaner. We have a better grid system. Yeah. So we definitely do get defensive. But like, if you were to ask me like what to do here, I'd be mm. like, man, I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, maybe go to wicker park get some coffee <laughs> i was gonna say get some coffee that's always a you know it's always a winner <laughs> but like there are a lot of touristy stops we have like the sears tower that's one of the things that we actually get very defensive about because mm. it changed its name a couple yeah. of years ago uh-huh. why 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 did the name change i mean i i remember hearing that in the news and i didn't you know what was why do you why do you change something iconic like that Oh, dear God. Chicagoans, we just don't know. But I think it's because Sears went out of business. It's Mm. the same thing where um, Macy's bought out Marshall Fields. And we have a really big tie to that because Marshall Fields is actually one of the things that saved us from the great Chicago fire. Mm. So you have those connections. And we actually had huge protests because they're actually going to try and change the name of Wrigley Field way back like a decade ago. God, But that's what it is. We refuse yep. to like change the names. Of course, I think we definitely get more pride with them than we do with the White Sox. Their field, mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. keep getting changed like every couple of years. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I love it. I mean, um, so 
Okay, so did, let me see. Oh, I lost my train of thought completely. I think, um, yeah, it is very like, you know, I've never been to Chicago, and it just it, it did gave me it gave me a feeling of like, and this may sound stupid, but just like this is a this is a real place. Like you know what you mentioned about like just now about you know tourism, like where you're from, you don't tend to do the touristy things. You don't do the touristy things unless you you know visitors come in. Um, and it's just like there's so many worlds and realities within a within a city that has nothing to do what it might be known for. You know, it's like I always get, you're from Utah, uh, are you a polygamist? I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's, <laughs> to I was me that's say, that is probably the number one thing. Like, are you right. Mormon? Are you Mormon? Yeah, I mean, like I understand that the polygamist thing. You know, of course I say yes, but um, <laughs> no, it's like no, of course not. Uh, but yeah, they people always ask that, and you know. That's and I'm not and I I didn't grow up that it's a it is kind of interesting growing up in a in a city where you feel like an other because it is such a it's gotten more diverse now. But like uh, like the suburb I grew up in, you would, you know, easily 70, 80 percent are of that faith. So you feel like, you know, that religion so well, even even though you're not like in it at all. So that, you know, the like the interesting you secrecies but that but that definitely is the question i get it's like not do you ski do you like do you like to rock climb it's like are you a mormon <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> kind of kind of like abrupt and just like jolting but I've, i'm used to it um i mean <laughs> it's why chicago is actually known for like another um thing we're known as a very uh eastern european population okay. i know it's odd as hell yeah but, that's actually like a sh- secret Chicago thing. I don't think anyone else knows that. But yeah, I never from heard here, that. Everybody immediately assumes like, are you Polish, Bulgarian, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so when I have to say like, no, nah, I'm Irish, but they're like, but you know everything, Polish, Bulgarian, you know our history. And it's like, because I live here. Because I'm from here. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's so true. I mean, where you, where you grow up has a huge, um, you know, impact <laughs> on Chicago has like holidays that like no other city celebrates. We have like uh, Kashmir Pulaski Day and Punchki <laughs> Day and stuff like that. What the? Oh, we'll stop for a second. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what are those? I need to hear about this. Okay. Kashmir Pulaski Day. That's actually pretty fun because we actually get a day off of school. That's actually a business oh holiday that no one else gets. <laughs> he was a revolutionary war hero who came here and I know absolutely nothing else about him (laughs) (laughs) except that we have a parade and there's a lot of fun uh, Polish food. And that's when the true Chicagoans who have the actual Chicago accent come out. Like if you actually like watch like the super fans SNL skit Mm -hmm. Yep. and (laughs) Punchki day is literally just a holiday surrounded by a certain kind of donut. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I love it. I love that. They're so good. So you just have to go to the really Polish area of town and you yeah. get like the amazing baked goods. <laughs> well, I got to look this up. I got to come out. If I'm going to come out there, I got to come up for one of those. That sounds that sounds like incredible. <laughs> have you uh, watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh, of course. Yeah. Multi- yeah. So many times. Yeah. Yeah. I the, love it. The uh, parade that yeah. he supposedly hijacks Cashmere Pulaski. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. Which guess... is one of those like funny things because in Chicago he naturally would have had the day off, but Ah so you really you ruined the movie for so yeah. many people just now. Oh, that's funny. I haven't seen it in years. Do they say that's what the day is? Or no. do you just you just know it is because you're from there? We just know you could just recognize it. Oh my gosh, what a what a hole in that plot when that story that just like makes the whole thing crumble. See, for a true Chicagoan, the thing that actually fucks that up is uh, when they go to a Cubs game. That's the mm. one that really you can't get all the way there oh, in that amount of time. The logistics of it's just not going to happen, huh? Uh, um, no. I do like the, there is so much like oh, I forget the show. Damn it. I forget the show. I was trying to look it up. It was it's on HBO and I just finished um, uh, I just finished the first season and it's it takes place in I believe Kansas, but like they pulled from Chicago, like they shot it outside of Chicago, and it's all like um, actors from the area. 
Um, and it was just like, yeah, damn it, whatever. <laughs> I'll send it to you later, but it's really, really good. And um, I think like I, re- I just read something on it and how like they, you know, just the intense like talent pool that has like, you know, that is there and 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 chooses to stay there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, make it their home and not like bounce to LA or, or New York. So I, I think it's it's just something that I I don't know a ton about. But every time uh, it's pointed out to me, I'm like, oh shit! Like they're from Chicago. You know, that's incredible. So it's like very, and I can't. And I mean, maybe you could do it, but I can't put my finger on. There's just something different in a good way. It just like a, I don't know. It's like it, I don't know. The actors just were incredible in the show, and they're just like. There's like emotion, but not if that makes sense. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. very, yeah, I don't very know. Very detached people. There you go. That's the perfect word. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, when it comes to actors and everything from here, it's actually more of a thing that I vibe that we're kind of a thoroughfare where people are kind of coming and going because mm. we're the connection where like East meets West and everything. Yeah. And we've been that way since like the 1800s. So, yeah, no, some of the like greatest writers pass through here. Um, Mm. obviously, a lot of revolutionaries were where Emma Goldman was arrested. Oh, wow! Wow. Oh, yeah. And seriously, we actually love Haymarket Square and we actually have statues and everything. And yeah, well, I gotta, I gotta, like, I gotta get out there and I'll, I'll stop talking about that, but it is like. There's just don't so, do the touristy shit. I won't do the touristy shit. I'll I'll, I'll look you up and we'll go do stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you can do there. <laughs> um, well, okay, so I want to ask you, I always love asking people like, um, you know, people who are writers and in that world, you know, even if they come to writing later, they've always been readers typically. So they, they love to read. So I'm just curious about like growing up, like who are the writers that you were um, – drawn to and you know kind of obsessive over because i think we all have kind of we kind of we have that you know it's what gets us to the next step of like writers we 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 love um as adults and then like our own personal writing so um i'm just curious about about people that influenced you that is definitely a hard question because i mean i'm sure it's the way that everybody feels where it's very subjective to like what time of life you're going through sure yeah i mean if you uh read the one chapter where zoe is having that meditation moment in the train Mm -hmm. that was heavily influenced by roberto bolaño Mm -hmm. but i mean if you were to ask in general who i'm very heavily like into i reluctantly will say jack kerouac because yeah. I know a lot of people um, hate him, but I mean, I really like that stream of conscious um, kind of way of writing. Mm. And I have the exact same typewriter that he does. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> um, Aldous Huxley, Miranda July, um, obviously, as I said, Roberta Bolaño, people like that. Yeah. So pretty classic what? authors, no one really niche. Yeah. Well, and like with Kara, because I've talked to people about this, it's like they, I, I think sometimes even if you know they don't they don't want to admit that they like him or maybe they do honestly hate the guy I don't know but it is kind of like at the very least you can you can view it as like a gateway gateway drug for for literature in a, in a lot of ways because it opens up so many other authors once you once you read that whether you like it or not um but yeah I remember reading him in high school and it kind of just opened the door to like oh wow this is like this is something different I have not been exposed to Oh, you got to go to one of those cool high schools. We we didn't do that. <laughs> well, I we didn't. They didn't teach it, but I read it. I think I I had a poet friend that like gave me like Allen Ginsberg and and Jack Kerouac and, and a few others, and um. So I definitely didn't learn. It was not a cool high school at all, <laughs> not at all. But you, some cool people there, you know. And I think that's like <laughs> that's where you get stuff from is like old people, you know. Oftentimes, people that are kind of close to your age, but maybe a couple of years older, which at the time it's like a huge huge difference uh, i mean i hate to admit it but Kristen stewart she's the person who got me to hey Kerouac. that's awesome <laughs> that's incredible well that now i need to hear more like how you got it let's walk I mean, us through she's this a, <laughs> she's in the movie on the road 
And like she kept chatting about it like the entire time when she was doing like the Twilight promotion and everything, because oh. you could tell she wanted to be in anything but Twilight. <laughs> Poor. <laughs> I didn't know there was a movie. How did like, I didn't know that? How did I? How did I have that one get by me? Wow. Um, yeah. I gotta it's check that out. <laughs> decent movie. I mean, it has a uh, Garrett Headland. I think mm -hmm. I'm saying his name properly, mm -hmm. and. I don't know who plays the other people. <laughs> oh, wow. But hey. I, yeah, that was a fun experience. <laughs> and at that time, I almost exclusively hung out with people who are very almost beat like. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the one chapter, um, God, I'm actually ruining my thing where I said <laughs> that, like, it's not based off of me. <laughs> No, yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> but like in the adventures of Zoe and the hipster named Desia, I mean, that's very much heavily influenced by like kind of hipster slash wannabe beat people yeah. <laughs> that I would like hang with. <laughs> we'd be like talking on the road and then we'd go to Denny's and play mandolin and everything outside. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It feels like one of the dorkiest things ever looking back where it's yeah. just like where we'd ask the waitress to be like, can you watch our shit really quickly? We're just going to go out to the parking lot and play <laughs> instruments. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I, I, bet you, I bet you got dirty looks. <laughs> honestly, I, they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Sometimes on their cigarette break, they would just kind of listen. They'd be like, what are you guys doing out here? <laughs> I guess they're used to it. Those kind of like diners, um, you know, like they're used to. That's where, like, that's where the cool team or the kids I thought were cool, the cool like, you know, kids who still read, <laughs> would go to places <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> that's actually really where I met a lot of my like weirder friends because it was one of the only twenty four hour places that mm. was open yeah, back when yeah. I was in high school. So that's where you met the cool crowd. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, I have it. We didn't have a. Uh, there was a diner here, same thing. It was a locally run, but it was open 24 hours. And, you know, just that's where, that's where you went after shows. And, um, yeah, I think it's like a good, good meeting spot. Cheap. It's like, what I mean, obviously as a teenager. <laughs> yeah. As an adult, there are so many other options, but yeah. <laughs> now I'm kind of curious. I don't want to be the creepy old guy or creepy older guy going in, but I'm just, I would love to see the crowd and see if it's like go in it, you know, one two in the morning now and see if kids <laughs> still do that i don't know i hope i sure hope they do <laughs> i'm not really sure i mean you know i i'd actually really want to ask my nieces and nephews like what they read and shit yeah i do like so you know i teach i teach high school and like you know i have great i have great students but i mean like a, it's rare that i find a kid that reads and when i do i'm always picking their brain like what they um like to read and it's just, it's just like you know i'm i'm 40 years old and uh i i feel it with like the generation gap with people <laughs> that are like 20 25 years younger it's um it's like yeah that's uh nothing like how i how i grew up no judgment but i'm like i just yeah they don't read they don't read and then but the, the few that do they're just like incessant readers but then but then I try to look back when I was in, you know, in high school. I don't know if maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I don't think people really read then either. It's like a, it's a very specific kind of kid. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like it's a very like tiny crowd, but the ones yeah. that do it like they're obsessive. Exactly, exactly. So I'm always kind of like, what are you like looking over there? What are you reading there if they're at lunch in the hallways? You know, <laughs> just find that weird like cross section between the theater kids and the band nerds, and yes. they're probably there. Yes, that's so true. I gave um, I probably shouldn't do this, but whatever. Hopefully, <laughs> no, no one from work's listening to this. But I gave, he's a senior. I gave him a copy of Fight Club last week. Um, oh fuck it, yes! It, it just made me think of him, like something just about the kid. I was like, he's gonna love this book, and he like he flipped his shit because he didn't know it was a book. He's like he'd seen the movie a bunch of times, but he had no idea it was a book. So um, he was really stoked. Then he came back the next week, and he hasn't read the whole thing, but he was just like, "This is the best book I've ever read. <laughs> this is so incredible." So it's like Especially that made me feel like a dumb job. Like, way wilder than yeah. the movie. 
I know, because I was listening. I hadn't read it in a few years, and I had the audiobook, and I listened to audiobooks on the way to work and back, and I'm like, this kid, he needs to read this book. And I was like, I thought he may have read it. He just seems like the kind of kid that would be like all over uh, You just Chuck like <laughs> open like a gateway to hell for that kid. I, <laughs> poor kid, I know. I'm going to destroy his life. <laughs> like, if he enjoys that one, he's going to go like further into oh, that. That's like, a, that's like, yeah baby food with his compared to some of his other stuff <laughs> that's awesome uh, corrupting the use i do you oh, know yeah. i do it quietly and on a one-on-one that sounds horrible <laughs> i know this is sounding so shady don't I might have to cut. i might have to cut this out now um anyway he's 18 it's okay it's all good he graduates in, he graduates in two months it's, it's, i'm it's sorry great. this feels so like even shadier when you said his age i know doesn't it? <laughs> it's like it's okay he's He's not fourteen or fifteen. He's a. You know, it's like he's a, he's a consenting adult. He could yeah. read what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's change the subject. Let's move on to something <laughs> else. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let me think here. Anything? Because uh, you know, I, I was thinking of a show that I can't remember the name. I'm gonna have to put that in the link in the description. But anything good? You've been, you know. People who read, you know, I oftentimes love to watch TV and movies. Anything good that you've been watching lately um, that you could recommend? You know, that's actually a very interesting question that I get a lot because I am someone who has a lot of anxiety. Mm. I've actually been told that people do this where they kind of watch almost comfort shows that they've watched over and over. So, yeah, I've definitely been watching a lot of like Grey's Anatomy and how to get Uh, away with murder. Yeah, I'm very like into Shondaland. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she's she's great. (laughs) But no, like when it comes to like newer stuff, I'm very into the scammer crowd where I've been Mm -hmm. watching like the Anna Delvey show and the Elizabeth Holmes show and the Tinder swindler I know scam artists are great, aren't they? No, I, that they, yeah, they are. They're, I mean, they're like, I think we all um, want to be them on some level. I saw that on the yeah, that's in my queue right now, the Tindler Swindler, and just like just the title alone, I'm like, I have to, I have to see this. <laughs> that's the kind of one. Like, he's actually proud of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I think a lot of them are pretty proud. Like, look at how successful I was. Netflix made a movie about me. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're. Um, <laughs> you're on the high you're at the top tier of swindlers <laughs> mm-hmm. if, you get, if you get a documentary made about you um no i think we all do and i don't know like uh, about you but i think like uh especially when the pandemic hit like you know my work got shut down and just like everyone so i'm working from home and i watched some like stuff i would never watch i mean not the, because i it just wouldn't interest me but i watched um Oh, there's what's it called? Like designated survivor about like uh, Kiefer Sutherland, like the whole like government, like they <laughs> they they blow up. Have you seen this show? I've they, heard of it. It's 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 a it's ridiculous. They blow up the Capitol. It's like everybody dies, like everybody except like there's some. He's like the HUD home guy or <laughs> something in the government, so he becomes president. You know, all the people, all the chain of command. They they were all wiped out. They were all there. And um, it it's like amazingly bad, and it just gets worse too. Like the, but I watched the whole thing like in a pretty quick succession. So I think, and it gave me it gave me comfort seeing like <laughs> our nation's <laughs> capital <laughs> blow up was very comforting in its own way. <laughs> I mean, I I think a lot of people definitely went for shit like that. I will say it's suspicious that Netflix actually had Contagion and Pandemic out yes. right before we actually had yes. the pandemic. They knew they knew something. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to go conspiracy theory, but what what did Netflix know? They wanted to get like a lot of views on those <laughs> more subscriptions. Yeah, there's there's something going on. <laughs> but um, I actually had covid like right in oh, the beginning wow. i don't uh, want to say i brought it to illinois but i was one of like the first like <laughs> i was in the original crowd that you, spread it i you, you you had it before anyone knew about it before it was cool right before it was cool to talk about <laughs> i am the hipster covid patient i go to like my doctor and he's so excited to see me these days 
because he's like, you're the first COVID person I had. It took me so long to figure out what the fuck was wrong with you. <laughs> oh, that's great. I think like, uh, I don't know for sure if I had it, but I, I think I had it in January of 2020. I think I got it at Sundance. And because I was talking, you know, I was interviewing different people and talking to people going to parties and like <laughs> near the end of it, like I just thought everyone was hung over and I think we all had COVID <laughs> and we we're walking around people from all over the world spreading this. We were a super spreader and then they all fly back to where they're from. So I think, you know, I think that film festival <laughs> had I a mean. I don't want to say that one person deserved it, but like there was one moment where I was in Walmart trying to get Gatorade because the doctor didn't say I had COVID yet. I was just yeah. feeling like hell. And like I went to get Gatorade. I'd like to point out I am five feet tall and they are so not cool with short people. It's like always on the top shelf. So when I went to get the Gatorade, I'd like to say like I was delirious and I got like two bottles because like that's cool, but I ended up knocking over like 10. <laughs> and the one chick, she just like looked at me and this is a woman where you're like, you're not a person of Walmart. Why are you even here? <laughs> but she like yelled at me and I'm just like, I am in a cold sweat and I'm coughing. <laughs> And she's like, are you going to pick that up? And I just seriously was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> As I'm like coughing and everything at her. I hope so, she got it. She she deserved it. <laughs> I know. I definitely spread that shit. Well, I'm sure like, what did they say? Like how many people like on average, like especially early on, like how, how many people you would give it to? I forget what it was, but it was, it was more than I thought. I'm like, if I could selectively choose who i want to give this to that would be amazing <laughs> i ended up actually giving it to my uh boyfriend he's my fiance now uh -huh. but it was actually really funny because like i was sick and i had to go pick him up he was in wisconsin and like i was sick the entire time and he was just like i do need you to give me a ride and i was like <sighs> believe me i can't so i always like to be like this is what you got you made me so you, dro you you drove yeah, I drove. Oh my god! I stopped at almost every gas station to throw up. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and like, I'm even like texting him, and I'm like, "Can you just get an Uber to meet me on the highway?" <laughs> but yeah, he oh. got his. Yeah, he got yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's what maybe like we all we all deserved it on some level. <laughs> we oh, did yeah. something something in our past came back and it just it, it got us so <laughs> what's worse is i actually want to say he got a worse uh version of COVID <laughs> than I did. that's what you get <laughs> i know oh that's that's crazy i don't know it, it seems like um and maybe i could ask you this from just like you know your your work and your writing and um you said like the book kind of came together you know a lot of stuff you had written before but it kind of was pieced together uh, you know, during during the height of COVID and um, how how much of an impact I've talked to a lot of, you know, people um, in different fields. And I, I just like maybe it's a tired question, but it's just it just fascinates me. How how did it impact your 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 work? I know some people who wrote were like, I like nothing changed. I just sit in a dark dungeon all day and, and write. <laughs> so nothing was different. Like they were here. You go writer with the boring life uh right there but then other people were like um i could not create anything i was like i couldn't write i was you know you know like me i'm watching designated survivor uh, and shows like that so I, I could not like i couldn't write anything it really was um a struggle for me so i'm just curious your experience okay so like it's a mixture of two things there are a few trippy scenes in the book and um i hallucinated while I actually had COVID. Oh my God. Yeah. So like it was actually far scarier, almost like the intro to American Horror Story style. <laughs> oh no. That sounds but, like, terrifying. <laughs> I was just like taking notes while I'm like lying oh, on the wow. bathroom floor, just like, what the fuck is happening? To me? <laughs> so it's a mixture of that, like where it was really pushing my brain like mm -hmm. to work and everything. And then it's a horrible thing that my fiance and I had is um because we caught it so early on we were not afraid of it right. at all during yeah. the entire lockdown so like 
we were just walking the barren streets of Chicago and driving around and just exploring. And yeah, so that definitely inspired me. And even the title, it originally was going to be called Hype. And because I just was like listening to music nonstop, mm -hmm. this actually is more based off of uh, Simon and Garfunkel's song called The Living o uh, the only living boy in New York. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And nice. it's more about solitude and everything and not being like, it's like a lack of identity and a search of belonging and everything. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. So um, do you think like if, you know, this, you think if COVID hadn't happened, you think the book maybe wouldn't have happened? I think it would have happened because um, Nate already liked several chapters, but mm -hmm. it was definitely going to be more, I don't know, hipstery, um, very different tone. I think it was going to be more um, almost sarcastic mm -hmm. in a way, whereas instead, I think it definitely has a more solemn like beat to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 cool. Um, I am kind of curious, like what? So, like, the only book that I've read, and it, this came out, this was kind of crazy, because it came out, I think, December of 2020, but um, Bruce Wagner's the, Marv the Marvel Universe, the last, like, few chapters, like, they, they talk about COVID, but they don't, like, they don't name it, they don't know what it is yet. So, I mean, that was, I mean, he must have wrote it, and it just, like, it, you know, it was published pretty quick after, but I'm just kind of curious... Um, Cause I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like, I don't know if I'm just like so sick of COVID. Um, apparently not. Cause we're talking about it and it's interesting to me, but I'm just, I am kind of curious how this w will play into art and like how, um, if we're just going to be like, just like enough, we don't want to hear about it. Cause it, it is kind of weird. I, I was writing, I've been writing a novel for the last f four years. And I think right in the middle of COVID, it just kind of like, it, th it threw me because I think I was so, in like the lockdown mode and just like the world's possibly ending or I don't know, but it just like, it just fucked with my head and I ended up like um throwing out like huge chunks of it. And then I was like, Oh, I'm going to write it from the, you know, now we're in COVID. And then I was like, this is stupid. Oh, I, this sucks. This is horrible. So I threw that out. So I have like a skeleton of, of a novel, but so much like I just psyched myself out like a couple different times and, went in different directions. So I, I would just love to see the kind of, you know, stuff that comes out of it. I don't know. I'm um, not sure if it's really going to be coming from us. I mean, I don't know if you like go on TikTok at all, but I mean, mm -hmm, so yeah. much of the content is inspired by it. And I mean, I read a lot of articles where like, they're like, what you're feeling isn't a vibe shift. It's a permanent change. Mm. And I think it's going to be the kind of thing like, where like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like other books where we like are really into like old, like historical vibes. So yeah. I think it's going to be Gen Z. And I don't know if we've actually committed the generation before. I mean, after that, yeah. Alpha, yeah. <laughs> they'll be um, the ones who tell our story. Tell our story. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have, you know, this, it just makes me think like, no, yeah, I think you're right. I think um, I would like to go back and just like, because uh, I got some nonfiction books that are, they look very pretty on my bookshelf right here that I have not yet read, but they're about the, the 1918 pandemic. Um, so that you just like, just kind of made me think about what was the the popular novels of that time or, or soon after that. I'm, I'm curious if, um, if any of that was mentioned that I can, I don't know. Um, See, that's a Google thing. That's a Google thing for sure. So oh, yeah. Um, I'll let you know <laughs> on that. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, let's talk about podcasts because it's uh, how long have you been doing your podcast? This is so meta talking about podcasts on, on a, a podcast. Pod <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> it is so great. I'm actually doing two podcasts now. I'm doing yeah. textual healing and that horror cast. And again, it actually both were born out of the pandemic because I was just bored. Mm -hmm. Same here. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I love music and I always wanted to be a musician, but I lack rhythm and I have a terrible voice. <laughs> so I like talking about kind of like how it interacts with literature and everything. I'll say 
someone who influenced it a lot would be Noah Cicero in his book mm-hmm. Bipolar Cowboy. And he references music so much in it. And he actually says a couple times, like, listen to this while reading it, like within mm. a poem. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, it definitely influenced it. I actually had a co-host for the first like three episodes, but then pandemic definitely kind of got to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that's definitely what started it. And then pandemic vibes got me into horror movies then and that's when I kind of started talking to Dimitri uh, also during the barren Chicago times because he's sounds another like a Chicagoan yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that's cool I, I haven't listened to that one I'm gonna have to check that out now yeah it's definitely gonna be uh two people talking about horror films who well one of us really loves them and the other one likes to shit on them so <laughs> um that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, well, let's see. So, uh, yeah, the li- the only living girl in Chicago. I want to, you know, where's the best place for people to? Like, I know you can get it anywhere, but like, I know a lot of people have favorite. Like, authors have their favorite place to get it. Like, maybe not Amazon or, or whatever. But uh, where would you, if if someone was to purchase this book, which I highly recommend. Uh, where's the best place for them to get it? Um, I would recommend either going directly to Trident on their website or doing bookshop.org. Um, I really like the style and how they're trying to almost take on Amazon. What a very David and Goliath fight they're trying to do. I love it. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? But it's um, in bookstores. I mean, if you find it, it's a very bright yellow cover, so you can't uh-huh. miss it. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, I think like because because you sent me um, an arc, but I, I this is one I want to like I want to buy and support, and like I just think this is such a great, great book that and I definitely will be recommending it to people. Um, I appreciate you know, that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, anything else as we kind of wrap up? Anything else you um, you know? want to want to talk about or you know do you have more are you currently writing are you taking a break um working more on the publishing side of things Um, what's your life look right now like right now definitely focusing more on the uh publishing side of things with Malden House we have two books that we're actually getting ready to do in 2023 I know we are looking far ahead um Really, we're just trying to wrap stuff up um, a little bit so we actually have a better control over things because we're actually going to be moving abroad for a brief mm. amount of time. Oh, nice. Very nice. Um, you know, and I guess there is like one thing I'd like to clarify with The Only Living Girl in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Damn, I can't even say my own title. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have seen some reviews and I've realized that some people have mixed, uh, missed the point with it. <laughs> Um, like one person was no. saying that like <laughs> that Zoe friend zones guys and it's like uh, no that, that's like perpetuating like rape culture and, I didn't see yeah no. yeah like that was a guy who's just feeling like he was entitled to it and so I feel like I definitely tried to explain it and that person missed the point mm-hmm. and she's also not a drug addict she's someone who's trying to come to grips with mental illness Right. If yeah. You read the first couple chapters, you'll see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess clarifying that aspect. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Hopefully they're listening because that's just that's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. I like I said. I, I keep going on and on, but I did. I did love it. I was just kind of, you know, I think with with most of us, you you know right away if you're gonna like something you you read a page or two and you're like yes this is this is for me and that's how i felt with this book i was like oh this is this is good and this is something i feel like i could reread um something about it just kind of like i said resonated with me and you know i i'm definitely um i want a hard copy and definitely will have that um reread at some point soon so I'm so like curious what part actually resonated with you. Is it like the really well, trippiness or the detached no, aspect? I think the detached, like not so much the trippiness. I mean, I lo- I love the whole thing, but I think just like um just the strong sense of and I mentioned it earlier, the strong sense of place um and how 
like we have the like having an idea of something um you know trying to get to a place like physically and just like you know chronically dissatisfied in a lot of ways um and just trying to get where we want to get and just you know at times coming up short so i think just i mean i'd have to like flip through it again just to see like specific points but i think like just the journey that zoe took and um you, you know like you the the mental illness component and you know just how it this you know it's about that but then it's kind of like this slipping into it i don't know if that makes any sense oh no it uh, definitely does yeah so i think just it just felt very um it just felt very real. That's why, you know, I kept going back like, oh, yeah, this is this is probably like a, <laughs> a memoir. But I mean, like, but no, um, I, I don't want to. I, yeah, I feel bad. I assume that. But oh, it just, no, it, definitely. It, so many people assume it. I mean, that's just a good that's a compliment of like the writing right there. I mean, that's like just damn good writing if someone, you know, and I think that's like and that's such a rookie mistake. I'm I'm sorry that I that I made that where it is um like i do we, it all the time we all do it and it's like and then it's like of course they're not of course they're not <laughs> this person but of course they're not a serial killer you know exactly uh, but Ooh, i think maybe we, that'll be my next book <laughs> we jumped yeah i hope we we jumped to those conclusions but i think um i don't know just that they felt like very real people to me and i think like um to me like that's what i enjoy the most in in a book is just like the character so they could even be doing nothing <laughs> really there's no like no not much of a plot um not say it's not saying that about this but it's like just the characters were just like I, I was i really cared about them um and i really cared about zoe and you know she reminded me of people uh you know old friends from the past and um you know girlfriends so it was just it was really cool um yeah, to have to have that experience of reading it and just being kind of like, oh shit, this is really. I mean, I kind of thought it would be good, but I just really, I read it pretty quick. As far as like, I'm a kind of a slow reader, but um, yeah, I really dig that. No, I'm very happy that you were able to connect with it. I I've heard that a lot that like mm -hmm. people kind of like connected with like the journey and everything, and mm -hmm. just like her search for identity and everything. Yeah. And also her massive search for home and what yes. that actually means to a person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, if I had to say it, yeah, that's, ex that's what you just said. That's <laughs> what you just said. <laughs> um, the search for home. Yeah. That's such a, yeah, such a huge thing for so many of us, for all of us, really, I would imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I think we did a good job on this episode. This was a lot. This was a lot Hell of fun. Yes. We laughed a lot, and we got the you know the, the technical side fixed after half of the podcast. But we 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 got it done, and um, I really enjoyed talking to you, Mallory. And, and you know, I hope to have you on again uh, in the future. And definitely uh, gonna check out that new podcast. I'll put links to everything up there. So um, fuck yeah, yeah. yeah thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah, this was incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time. All right. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye.